Thank you for tuning in to the Imperfectly Inspirational Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Bowman, and I'm going to say this again. You'll probably hear me say this every week. Thank you so much for tuning in and all the likes and shares that we've had. It really does mean a lot to us. Also, if you don't mind, go over to our Facebook page. Check that out and give it a like if you can. It is facebook.com backslash imperfectly inspirational. And also, as we continue to grow and expand, we are going to be adding eventually a book now button so we could be booked for speaking engagements. So keep a lookout for that. And if you like what you hear, well, we'd love to see if we could speak at your event. Anyways, enough about me. Let's get into the topic today. Today, I would like to speak about fear. Well, generally, there are two big types of fear that we can talk about. One is life-threatening fear. And that would be if you're walking down the street and you are being chased by a wild pack of dogs, well, more than likely your life is at risk. So there's a good reason to be in fear. Or if you are skydiving and your parachute doesn't open, well, there is a very good reason to be in fear in that moment. Uh, I want to talk about the other type of fear, which is a fear that is non-life-threatening. A fear that, for the most part, it's not going to mess up your life if it goes wrong. And those examples would be maybe changing a job, maybe asking somebody out on a date or pursuing an interest. I I don't know what it may be, but these things that are not life-threatening. And I want to read to you a quote from Michael D. Montaigne. He is a philosopher. I do love philosophical quotes, but he said, My life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never happened. Now, I'm going to read that again. My life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never happened. See, HuffPost wrote an article here about this study that was done of individuals who were worried about something, and they they tracked them down to find out what really happened. Well, out of, in this study, out of all the people, 85% So the things that they were worried about in a situation actually never happened. Well, that does mean that there were 15% that it did happen to. So out of that 15%, though, 79% discovered that they could either handle that difficulty better than they expected or that difficulty taught them a lesson worth learning. So that means that 97% overall of the things that you worry about on a regular basis are either not going to come true or they're not going to be nowhere near as bad as you thought. And ultimately, you're just making your life miserable by focusing and focusing and focusing on these things that are never going to happen or that are more than likely never going to happen. And there's a lot of tips and tricks and everything out there and in order to overcome fear. Well, I wanted to add my list to the bunch there and take it into a biblical perspective. Today, I'm going to give you four ways that can help you get over your fear and make the best out of the situations. I want to read in Joshua 1. I'm going to read Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9, and we're going to go from there. We're going to go over these four steps to help overcome fear. So I'm going to read now verses 1 through 9 in Joshua chapter 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Therefore go arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, if you are familiar with Joshua, Joshua's been with Moses now for quite a long time, and they've been in this wilderness, and you know, they just couldn't get it right. They couldn't get it right. They couldn't, uh, the people just couldn't do what God wanted to do, so they've been stuck out there. Now, God has said now to Joshua, listen, now it's your turn. Moses is dead. Now, Joshua is not a young man. Joshua's in his 80s. He is not a young buck anymore. He can't do these things like he used to do. So imagine you've been out there. You've been just kind of running on autopilot. You were second in command to Moses, who was a great leader. Moses was a very active leader. And you're out there doing these things and, and seeing all these things. And now it is your turn. It is your turn to lead this. Imagine the fear that is running through Joshua. I just I look at it from a human perspective. Even if you've been prepared for it, there is still a level of fear that you can feel. Well, I want to go to number one that I have is know who's in control. So Joshua, as he's being told this from God, he knows now that his new position as the head of the Israelites has been put in place. Who has orchestrated all of that? Who has put him in that place? God did. God put him in that place. So I want you to think in those situations in your life, maybe it's you're looking for a job, or maybe it is you're looking for a spouse or something like that. The situation that you're looking at, who led you to that place? Was it you that wanted this? Because if you're the one in control of that of it and you put yourself in this place, reconsider it, pray about it. But now, if this is something that God has led to you, God has put you in, then you should feel a level of comfort knowing that God is in control of this situation. Understand that Joshua, even though he may have fear, I could only feel that he does, there's a level of comfort knowing that God is in control and God has ordained it. So number one, know who is in control. 
And if you don't know who is in control, if you're a Christian, you should make sure that God is the one that is in control of your life and that you know that. Number two, remember where you've came from or what you've came through. See, Joshua in this situation, he has to look back and, you know, I could only imagine he's he's standing there. You know, this is not in the Bible. This is just a, a hypothetical thing. I could only imagine this running through his head. You know what? Wow. Okay, I'm in this leadership position. What do I do? Whoo, you know, but he has to look back and he has to realize, you know what? There is a rough road ahead of me because we do know that Joshua does have battles ahead. Joshua has some things he has to face. Just because God is in control of it doesn't mean it's going to be a smooth sailing lazy river. No, but God in control of it means that you're going to be victorious as long as you're following the plan. But he can look back to know that, okay, God has led this promise. I have done these things that God has, has said. God has kept his promise. And because I did these things, I've made it through, and I'm alive today to be able to accept this position of leadership. So realize, look back, okay, were there things in your life that you were scared of and that with prayer and dedication, you looked at it and you had the green light from God and you did it. You're alive today. You're able to say that this was worth it. Go back and think. Think hard. Did God keep his promise to you? And as we can see, I'm sure... Joshua recognizes that God has kept all of his promises throughout his life. Number three, what growth can this situation bring? Is this situation going to lead you to be a better person? Is it going to teach you something? Or is it even going to help you from stopping to worry about things? I'll give an example. I've said a few times, you know, asking somebody out on a date. For example, if you are nervous and you're scared about it and you're like, hey, God, should I should I talk to this girl? Is this somebody that's right for me? And, you know, maybe you go do it and they say no. Well, the growth from that is now you have faced a fear, so you're growing. But number two, now you know not to waste your time. If they said no, yeah, can it be hurtful? But now you know you can move on. You can grow. You can experience something else. And Joshua in this situation, the growth that he had is he became a fantastic leader. He wasn't just second in command anymore. He was a new leader. So there is a difference in growth that you have to be from being second in command to being the top dog. There is a matter of growth that you have to do. And we see if you look through the stories, Joshua did, in fact, grow from this situation. And number four is take that step. Take that step. If it is God-ordained, take that step. See, Joshua didn't have to accept that leadership. Joshua could have said, God, listen, I am done. I don't want to do this. But we know that he didn't do that because he followed this kind of, this kind of pattern. He realized, I'm sure, who was in control. He knew that God was in control of the situation. He remembered where you came from. He remembered that God has kept all of his promises throughout his life, and he's seen the hand of God at work. And he's realized, you know, there is growth for me. There is more that I can do for the kingdom of God. We're going to get these Israelites to where they're supposed to be, and we're going to make this vision of God complete, not just in everybody else's life, but my life, and God is going to be pleased. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that step. And Joshua did it. And because he followed God's plan, they made it into the promised land. So understand today that there's moments 
in your life that you are going to be fearful and it is going to take some time to overcome it. Maybe you just can't go out with that group of friends because you you can't handle the public pressure. Pray about it. Make sure you're following God's commands in your life. You're doing what he says and you have his guidance. And I tell you what, if you just take that leap of faith and remember those four steps, it is going to help make that process a lot easier for you because honestly, I have experienced it myself. Take that leap of faith with God's guidance and follow his plan. But you have to realize, as I said earlier, it's not going to be a smooth flow and lazy river. The problem also with fear is people are afraid to hit that turbulence. You're going to hit it. You're going to run into some turbulence. You're going to have some things happen. But understand, keep going. You're going to get to the other side and you're going to get into your promised land and to what God has deemed necessary for your life. That's where you're going to find that excitement, that fulfillment. And all you got to do is face that fear. But make sure it is what God has placed in your heart and that you're following that that guidance there. And just go out. Remember, you can do this. God has put it in your heart. I got faith in you. Listen, that's all I have today. God bless you. We will see you all next week.